If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. Mm. In studio with me, Chuck Nice. Hey, Neil, what's happening? You're regular here. Thanks for always coming back I for us. I love being here. You're my personal astrophysicist. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Today's show will focus on the movie Gravity. The movie. Yeah. I've seen it, Chuck. Have you? I have not. We'll get, we'll find someone else right now. <laughs> <Come>. <laughs> that, uh, there's surely some people out there who haven't seen it, and yes, there'll be spoiler alerts throughout. Okay. But um, the premise of Gravity is it's basically a survival story mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock as a mission specialist, which means you have some expertise and you're not sort of a red blooded astronaut. You're right. brought in for your expertise. Mm-hmm. And then. Or a poser, as we like to call it. A poser. Them. And, mm-hmm. and George Clooney, who's sort of flyboy astronaut. Not, and it's basically only the two of them in space. It's a survival movie for 90 minutes. Stuff is happening every minute. Something they've got to survive, figure out, be clever about. Uh-huh. Uh, now, I got to tell you right now, if this were a pitch right now, uh-huh. I would say that's the most boring movie I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> it is, except there's like stuff flying at you every second. Right? Oh, okay. So now, I, now, since it's in space, I could, you know, I'm, I'm good with the physics, but I've never actually been in space. Okay. So we had to comb the streets and find somebody who has been. Yes. Not as a has been, but who has been in, in space. space. Mike Massimino, Astro Mike, Astro welcome Mike. back to Star Talk. Pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having me. You're, you're, you're in New York City visiting Columbia, so thanks yes. for making time yes. for us. My pleasure. Excellent. Visiting faculty there. Yes. Excellent. Super cool. So uh, Mike Massimino flew on uh, on the shuttle and, and repaired the Hubble telescope the That's last right. time. That's right. All by himself. <laughs> All by myself, except for my friends who are with me. It's right. Yeah. You were the only one who counted. Come on. So, so this whole show you. is about the film Gravity and your questions related to it. And we solicited them from the internet. That's right. And uh, But we also have some call-ins. So, but Chuck, you're, you're leading the way here. So, so here we go. Uh, actually, we're going to kick things off uh, with a phone call. And Allison, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, Allison. And where are you calling us from? I am calling from Trenton, Michigan, which is just south of Detroit. Yes, yes, and probably a damn sight better than Trenton, New Jersey, which is just <laughs> south of my house. <laughs> so talk to Neil and Mike, Allison. What do you got, Allison? Uh, I'm a high school biology teacher, cool. and my students often ask me if movies are scientifically accurate. Of course, teens see a lot of movies, and they believe everything that they see. So, Dr. Tyson, when they ask me about the movie Gravity, what should I tell them? Ooh. Well, I got into trouble uh, three days after I saw the movie because I tweeted about the movie. Okay. And, I, and I, it was about a dozen scientific inaccuracies in the film. Yes. And there were a few more, but I, I parked it at a dozen. People didn't like you for that. No, I got in big trouble for that. <laughs> People said, oh, I'm not going to movies with you. you can't... <laughs> but what I didn't do was spend 100 tweets talking about 
what they got right. So I could have done that, but that would have been perhaps a little less interesting. So I'd like to think that directors and producers who care, they'll get most of the science right. right. And that is enough to ground a movie. Mm -hmm. And then they might take some liberties or maybe there's some things they didn't know. But once the movie is grounded, I'm, I'm good with that. Right. And it has earned the right to be criticized at that level. What do you think, Mike? No, I, I agree. They got the, the, the accuracy that I saw was in the recreation of what space looks like. The views of the earth, the tools that they had, the tools that we used on Hubble were in that movie. Really? I was wondering where they went. But they were in the movie. <laughs> they used it for the movie. Plus, plus Sandra Bullock was actually repairing the Hubble. So she was repairing the Hubble. You'd expect similar tools for right. this. Right, but, they, but they, they could have made up their own, or they could have left some of ours out, or, or whatever. But they did exactly, they used exactly what we used. So they, the suits look good, the, the, the feel, the look of space was there. So I think they got, they got that right. So the mood and the feeling yes. was captured. And, and for I a movie, so. that's perhaps the most important thing to get right. Yeah. So now they the also question, show, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the question would be to you is, yeah. did you suffer any type of anxiety while you were watching this movie as a man who has actually been in space. Well, at, at, I don't as the, the dangers, movie for you. As the dangers <laughs> befell the astronauts. Right. Yeah, at first, you know, at first it was kind of like, okay, we've kind of simulated some of those things. It did show the, that space is a dangerous business. And so some of the things that they showed in the movie, we kind of practiced to a point. I mean, a, a micrometeor impact, you've got to come inside really quickly. What do you button up on the telescope? What do you save? Do you try to save this magnificent machine mm -hmm. and go inside, or do you just worry about yourself? Can you do something? These are the, no, the choices. It's the Hubble telescope. You save the telescope. You save the telescope. No, it's serious. There are plenty of other astronauts. There's only one Hubble telescope. You, you know what? That was kind of in our checklist. You know, is there a lost crewman. We've got three others. Don't worry about it. Is there a That's why we had four spacewalkers. Is, is there a circle next to the multiple choice my ass? Is, is <laughs> yes. save my ass? Yes, and there's hand signals too. Oh, really? Yeah, like let's you know we get yeah, because we wouldn't want to say that. We have hand signals for that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, uh, so but those but you, are some of the things that we, I saw in the movie at first, and so then it went crazy. Would, okay, so what's the most egregious thing of all? Just if you had to pick one, what was it? Uh, the way that they were so... E I was jealous the way they were easily able to go from place to place in space so effortlessly. With their little jetpacks. With their little jetpack. That was, I think... A, but but at the same time, Neil, I was glad that they included all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, Chuck? Because right. if you want... I'm glad they showed the shuttle, even though we don't fly it any longer. Yeah. I'm glad they included the That was the STS-157 or something. But it was up there. It yeah, was up fact, there. I had probably <laughs> flown again. I might, I might have been in there if it was... You know, if these... But I wouldn't want to be there And we added the day. shuttles at what, what STS number? Uh, 135 was okay, our last so we down wow. 20 from that. Yeah, yeah. so okay. they were yeah, they were continuing a little bit further. They were all in the museums and somehow they got them out for the movie. <laughs> but that's okay because it was able, that's the only way to include it was to take some license there. And they yeah. included the station and other another place, but station but is order, the International, international Space, Station. Space Station. So thanks. And but in order to include all that, you had to kind of take a little take some liberties. License. Yeah, take okay. some liberties. So I was actually happier that they did that than they would have sticked to because for us on our flight, the way we were going to get rescued if we had a problem was we were going to launch another space shuttle. There was another space shuttle on the launch pad mm -hmm. with us, with for us, with a crew in quarantine that we were very nice to. Mm -hmm. If we took <laughs> we, if we took damage or we couldn't come home, that's the way we were going to get rescued. We we couldn't do what they did. Right, but in moving. gravity, there was no rescue mission for anybody. There was nothing. Was oh yeah, there was. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. yeah, they had no. It was. It was really a a really bad. It was like a bad day on steroids. Nice. Well, then just a bad day. It was so bad is day it two thumbs up or one and a half thumbs up for the science? I give. I, well, for the science. No, no, uh, just, sorry. Space for, capturing space. I give it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yeah, I, for, for the capturing space. Yeah, it was. It was cool. I, I like that part of it. Well, yeah. there you have it, Allison. You can uh, tell your students that. Uh, 
the movie Gravity is like cliff notes for astronauts. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. They'll be happy to hear that. Maybe they'll be an astronaut someday. Well, so. yeah, not a shuttle. They'll be going, we'll be sending them to Mars if it comes yeah. to that. Oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. They'd like that. I think some of them. And they might even better. be the right age. So the first astronaut class drawn <laughs> yeah. from, from K through 12 ranks. Nice. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you for that question. Thank you very much for the opportunity. All right. You're, you're listening to Star Talk Radio. When we come back, more with Astro Mike Massimino and Chuck Nice in the Cosmic Curries edition, all about the film Gravity. We're back. Star Talk Radio. Chuck Nice. Yes. You've been reading are. questions in this Cosmic Queries edition. Yes, I am. Please and continue. I, I if have you have questions for me or astronaut Mike Massimino here in studio. Go. Here we go. So this one is from Facebook. It's from Andre uh, Paralot. And um, th- th- this is kind of for both of you guys. Uh, isn't it true that when you're in space, you're in free fall? And that's what makes you weightless. And it doesn't have anything really to do with gravity per se. So one, for you, is that true from a physics standpoint? Yes. Really? Yes. Next question. No, no. no. So no, just, just now. Wait. That was so true or false. After I sent my whole list of tweets criticizing the movie Gravity for the scientific inaccuracies, okay. I thought, let me be put some positive energy in the air. And I spent another dozen tweets describing what free fall is. Okay. And so people think you're in space, there's no gravity. Of course there's gravity in space. That's why the moon is still orbiting us. Exactly. Because Earth's gravity. <laughs> exactly. And, right. and, and the astronauts are orbiting between us and the moon. <laughs> right. So it's not that there's no gravity. It's that they're actually falling towards Earth. And a thought experiment first performed by Isaac Newton. He imagined a cannon sitting at the top of a mountain and you fire it slowly at first. Mm-hmm. The cannonball doesn't come out too fast. It arches and then hits the ground. All right. We got that. We understand it. Fire it a little faster. It goes farther before it hits the ground. Right. Fire it even faster. It goes farther. It'll keep going farther and farther. Suppose you came out so fast it went halfway around the the Earth before it hit the ground. Just keep up this thought experiment. Right. Now it's three quarters around the Earth. Now it's completely around the Earth before it hits the ground. And if you don't duck, it'll hit you in the back of the head. Now, Now duck, it just continues. Right. It's right back to where it started. With horizontal speed, just like what came out of the cannon. So he deduced that an orbit is simply a continuously falling object and doesn't hit the ground because the curvature of the planet itself curves away from it. Okay. It's trying to fall to the planet, but the planet is round. Gotcha. And it never actually hits the planet. That's what an orbit is. You are in free fall. And anytime you're in free fall, you are weightless. And if you're on an elevator and I cut the cable, you're in free fall. If you're standing on a scale, a a spring scale, and it registers your weight, what, you're 170 pounds? And- and Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You notice. (laughs) So you cut the cable, the elevator falls, the scale falls, you fall. Nothing's squeezing the the spring. The spring re- the the scale reads zero. zero. You are weightless. Okay. Okay. Mike, what what do weightless feel like? 
Uh, it it's it's pretty fun. I mean, just did you barf in your helmet? I have to ask. Not in my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in my helmet. I love the qualifier. In fact, yeah. So my my first yeah my my first space flight, I made sure there were plenty of uh, emesis bags, which is slang for vomit bags. Yeah, barf very, bags. Very yeah, very uh, close to me. So because I think for the rest of us, ready. the closest we get to that sort of zero g feeling mm-hmm. is either in an amusement park on some of the rides, yes. or if you ever go. On, on, in your car, and you go sort of over a, a, a hump, a little ah, hump in the road, yeah. like a hill, yeah. and you, and you're, you're, you feel like mm-hmm. your stomach comes up in your throat. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of sort of weightless, right? It's it's kind of like that. Sometimes uh, in a you know you can the motion of it. If you're in a pool neutrally buoyant, when we practice our spacewalks, that's what we do. We get in the pool. You can't. You, but a neutrally buoyant pool. You mean a, you mean a swimming pool. a swimming pool? Thank just you. Say to say Thank what you. it is. Okay. Yeah. So when you're in a pool, if you're floating, if you're a, picture like a scuba diver kind of floating under the water, just floating there, it's kind of like that. That type of sensation at that, pla- at that place of just buoyancy, right? Just where- when you're just kind of floating. So gotcha. neutrally buoyant means neutrally you're not floating, buoyant, at top, not floating at the top. You're just you're sort floating of somewhere in the in, yes in, in the, the volume of the water. Correct. Yeah. Right. So so that's but it's it's fun. You know, getting to float and do that. You 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 quickly adjust to it after you get over the nausea, mm-hmm. which takes usually about a day or so. Yeah. And uh, it's just wonderful. Just imagine if we could float around this room. If you could float around your kitchen and grab this, you know, grab whatever you needed from the cabinets, you can use a lot more of the house that way. Too. <laughs> so the three dimensionality. Yeah, it'd the be house. really great in New York City with these small apartments that you guys live in here. <laughs> if right. I could float around a place and uh, use the high ceiling, have a seat on my wall. Please. Exactly. Yeah, though, <laughs> right. you know, let's sleep on the ceiling. Exactly. Bedrooms up. Ceilings on the bedrooms on a ceiling. Kitchen on the floor. Not so uh, that would be really handy here in New York City. So that's what it's kind of like in space. Maybe All right. So now, really if fast. I can describe a quick home experiment. If you take a tall cup, right. fill it with water, puncture two holes in it, vertical holes. So a lower hole, the water starts spewing out. It'll spew out sort of farther away than the higher hole because the pressure is not as great at the, at the upper hole. As it is. So you'll see these two spout, spouts coming out, right? Hold it up high Hold it up high while the water is spilling out. By the way, it's spilling out because the water has weight and the water wants to get to the ground. Right. If you let go of the cup, both of those spigots Cut off, off instantly. Right. The instant you let go of it, they stop and the water falls. The whole cup and everything falls with it. The water does not even know to exit the cup because it's weightless. That is fantastic. In free and, fall. And if either of my children are listening at home, if you try that damn experiment, I'll tell you. Because I'm not cleaning that up. <laughs> Wait, Chuck, wipe you, wipe Chuck. it up before dad gets home. It's okay. All right, let's move what on. What else you got? That was fascinating. That's uh-huh. awesome. Let's move on to Dustin uh, Pesatore. So, um, wait, wait, this, uh, Mike, pronounce the name. I can't see the spelling no, it's of Pesatore. it. P-A? Nope, P-E-S-S-A-T-O-R-E. That's good. That's pretty Pesatore. So Dustin Pesatore says, um, first of all, are they constantly falling at 17,500 miles per hour? And for Mike, how does that affect the brain's cognitive functions? So does weightlessness have an effect on your brain? Can you go you know, weightless crazy. And uh, are they falling at the speed of 17,500 miles per hour? No, they're going sideways at 17,000 miles per hour. And the Ah. fact that they're going that fast sideways allows them to fall down towards the Earth at the rate that Earth's surface curves away from them. In fact, we think when we watch the shuttle launch, and Mike, you got to back me up on this. Mm -hmm. When we watch the shuttle launch, we think, oh, there it is going up into space. Most of that energy of all those engines is not to go up. It's only going a couple hundred miles up. Hell, that's from New York to Boston. Austin, right. and we can drive that. Most of that energy is to give it horizontal, horizontal. speed, right. and that's why that you that puppy does that 
that that half twist, mm-hmm. the, the roll, the right, triple the gainer roll. half yeah. twist, right. double yeah, flip, roll. and does a roll, a beautiful yeah. balletic roll, and it going sideways away from yeah. you. Ain't that right? That's it. And That's we also cool. be the direction we go in, which is launching to the east. Helps a little bit because you're picking up some speed because that's the way the Earth is rotating. Earth rotates, so you're being so lazy on that. One. That's it. We got every, every every little bit of speed helps. And you launched from Cape Canaveral, so I, my back of the envelope tells me you're probably getting eight or nine hundred miles an hour from the Earth from there. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. sounds good to me anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds with. right. Yeah. <laughs> now you know exactly how I feel at most of the stuff he <laughs> <Yeah>. says. <laughs> so right. Chuck, I hear we have a, 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 a phoner. Yes. Uh, okay. Who do we have on the line? Caller, are you there? Uh, yes, my name's Anthony. Hey, Anthony, where are you calling us from? I'm calling from Kansas City. Kansas City. Talk K- to, K- wait, wait, KC Mo or KC? KC Mo. All right. All right, so uh, what's your question for Neil or Mike? Uh, yes, uh, once again, thank you for taking my phone call, and uh, Dr. Tyson, thank you for being a uh, uh, an inspiration for a lot of people going into science. Thank you, thank you. I have um, a question about the scene from the movie Gravity, in particular where she uses the fire extinguisher as the maneuvering unit. An awesome scene, um, by the way, yeah. Cover your ears, yeah. Chuck. You don't hear this. Yeah. Like Ed White did in uh, Gemini 4. Um, is there any accuracy to that, or is it um, more of just the Hollywood effects that she was able to propel herself and hold on to it and get where she was wanting to go with? I know the nozzle on that is bigger than the, the one that Ed White and uh, Michael Collins experimented on. So okay. here's, the, here's a question. Can you actually use a fire extinguisher as a pro- Propulsion device. So let me give the physics, and then Mike can like tell me how to, how it re- how, how it really goes down in okay. space. Mm-hmm. And we got about ninety seconds in this segment. So I'll be I'll, so I'll be quick. Mm-hmm. So if if you if your physical mass loses mass in any way, so Sandra Bullock plus extinguisher, that's a certain mass content. If the extinguisher sends any part of its mass because she's holding onto it in any direction, she must recoil. No matter what, and by the way, this works for burps. It works for any. If you can propel any part of you outside your body, you will go. You will recoil from that. That's Isaac Newton's law of action and reaction. Well, we all know what part of my body I'm using. <laughs> no, I don't know. So, wait, so what it also means is, if she doesn't actually propel it at through a line that connects to her center of mass, she'll not only recoil; she'll start to rotate. And so you got to be, you got to know where to aim that stuff. So, Mike, have you have you played in space this way? Well, I haven't played in space, but in a simulator. Well, yes, yes, we have, but not with a gas can like you're saying. We've done, we practice that. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, you're you're anything that's going to move. You described it. Anything that's going to give you a gas going one way, you're going to react to it. But I, I would, when I saw that scene, I was like, she's using her head now. She's being smart about right. it. Uh, what we have on our jetpack, we don't have the big jetpack like they showed in the movie, but we have a smaller one. And it just basically just shoots gas out in one direction. You have a controller to try to to uh, control the direction of that, and a hand controller so that it figures out which way to shoot it. So, but so that's the way we maneuver. So just a, like that, a diet of beans would have the same effect. It would, but I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. trust. No matter how many beans, I would rather have a real gas can. <laughs> I would rather have the fire extinguisher. When we come back, more cosmic queries with Mike Massimino, all on the movie Gravity. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx 
who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. We're back. Star Talk Radio in studio. Chuck Nice and Astro Mike Massimino. Here. Chuck, you tweeted Chuck Nice Comic? At Chuck Nice Comic. Nice. And at Astro Mike. Is that an at underscore Astro, between the yep, two? At Astro underscore Mike. And there, there could be never be any other Mike astronauts. No, they're all they all get yeah, they'll get pissed off. <laughs> There's an Iron Mike. The guy up now, Mike Hopkins, is like Astro Illini. They're running out of ideas. <laughs> They're running out of the University of Illinois. So I've got Mike. Stay away. It's because you were the first person to tweet from space. I was, and you had first dibs. That's right. You, so we, we are very, we are very creative. Use Mike as my. Uh, we are. This is the Cosmic Queries edition, all about the film Gravity. That's why we have a real astronaut in studio for yes. this. Yes. So Chuck, well, oh, you know where we left off? We were talking about how to propel yourself around space. Yes, we were. Yeah. We, uh, it's, we, it's, we learned something. But what the, the second part of the question was: Does uh, weightlessness affect your cognitive capabilities. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, your brain is trying to figure out what's going on. So one thing I thought was really interesting is that because you're weightless and your vestibular system doesn't know if you're upside down or your right side up, your inner ear, you're which gives you a balance. You use a lot of fancy words. That's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's the first one I use in more than one syllable, for Pete's sake. I mean, I need a dictionary to talk to this guy. You know what I mean, no. Chuck? <laughs> and I'm, I said, not the vestibule, people. It's your inner ear, okay. your balance, your sense of balance doesn't work anymore because that works on. It gravity. Pre- it presumes you're on Earth. It presumes you're on Earth. So what Where we evolved, yeah. Right, so your inner ear is saying you're perfectly still. So your eyes now are telling you what position you're in. And what happens is, is when you're upside down, mm-hmm. so picture now, guys, we're in this room, or picture at home, your, your car, wherever, you're now weightless, and now all of a sudden you go upside down. Right. Okay? Your brain is telling you that you are still right side up, and the scene has moved 180 degrees. It's now flipped. So it's, it's saying the whole room has rotated. So not whatever you. Rota- not you. 
that wow. the room has rotated, and it really is That's a, a cool little disturbing. Effect. That's a cool. It effect. is cool, but at, at first you're like, "Holy crap! Let me get into the right direction," you know. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you get used to it. Your brain adjusts to that, and you can have a conversation on the ceiling and be very comfortable with it. It usually takes a couple of days. Okay, so it doesn't mess up your intelligence; it just messes up your orientation. It messes up your, your brain's trying to figure out what's going on, and then there's some other uh, bodily functions like the uh, the distribution distribution of your uh, your uh, liquid. I'm trying to use a small word. Fluid. Fluid. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Of your fluids inside of your, it get kind of pulls to the upper extremity. So your head is kind of big in space Mm -hmm. at first because you're you're just floating up there. Wasn't that because your body is accustomed to fighting a force of gravity and now there's no force of gravity? It'll just send all Right. Everything goes up. Everything goes up. And so what happens is your body thinks, your brain thinks that it has more water than you really have and you start to pee more in space more than you really should. So there's a risk of getting dehydrated. So you want to drink water as much as you can, especially when you first get there. But all these things kind of adjust after a couple days. Okay, but it doesn't affect your ability to push buttons and decide no, you're and make fine. safe decisions. Unless you're nauseous, right. Right. which is another problem. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter what's going on, Neil. Even listening to Star Talk Radio, if you're nauseous, <laughs> it, it ain't work. fun. Like people say, oh, space is fun. Yeah, if you're not nauseous. Once you're nauseous, everything becomes not fun. I don't care what it is. Also, also a point about spewing out gases in one direction or another. I mm-hmm. made that quip about beans. Of course, yeah. that would only work if you had a flap that opened on your space Right, you'd right. have to, yeah, so you'd have to. The gas yeah. has to leave your space suit. Right. And you recoil from that. Right, right. you nasty man. That's why it's only been tried inside the spaceship when no one else is looking or with their heads turned. And it has not been done very successfully. I, it wouldn't, I would not So suspect. I would rather have a real gas can to move myself around as opposed to no matter. And I eat a lot. We've had lunch together. But it doesn't matter how much you eat. I still would rather have an actual mechanical device to propel me to around. To propel you through space. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I want to take the chance, kids. Chuck, so you got yeah. questions for us from, right. the, from the net. What do you got? This one from Nick Hoffman. How did they not tear their suits, sliding all over the place, and later proceeded to access other spacecrafts, which should be in internally sealed? So a compound question there. I like that. Yeah, I can't help you there, Mike. So what do you got? I have the same issue, I guess. If you really think, you want to be very careful when you're in space because you can tear your suit. In fact, my space glove tore on one of my space walls. What were you doing with your hope. glove? I, I was I was fixing the Hubble Space Telescope. <laughs> he was doing a Michael Jackson impression. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but we act, we had some problems with our gloves, right? In the, the area between the thumb and the index finger was kind of a weak point there for a while. And if you had, you had to be really careful, you could wear a hole in so there. So it was weak because you needed to be flexible. You needed to be flexible. Yeah. And it's something you're, we're using your hands to work out there. And mm-hmm. uh, you could wear, it, it needs to be flexible. So it maybe it's not as strong as the other parts of the suit. Right. It has, it's a seven layer suit. So even if you penetrate the first layer, you've got a couple other layers It's there. seven layers for this reason. For this reason, right, including a layer of Kevlar, and then at the bottom is the pressure layer, uh. the, the, where it's, it's kind of like a wait, rubber. Wait. If you have Kev- Kevlar in there, that means you, you could, you're bulletproof. Yeah, but you can still, in the gloves, we don't have the Kevlar in the gloves, mm-hmm. so there are the weak points. In the other parts, like in the arms and the pants, that's where the Kevlar layer is in wait, amongst so the Wait, so if one of the astronauts smuggles a gun through, through NASA security, goes up into the Not spaceship- Not that that's ever been done. <laughs> and Steve. shoots you- you have your Kevlar protection. It's not that. Uh, no, I would not. Let's not try that. It's not very thick Kevlar. It's really let's thin. Let's not try that. Yeah. It's, it's not, very thin. It's, it's not, not wrapper grade Kevlar. Right. Rapper right. Grade. Right. It's not. Yeah. Right. Right. I would not want to go into a club with this stuff. I would want a lot more protection. What, what, I mean, I'd say that not completely jokingly. Yeah. These, if, they're de- if there's debris fl- flying through space, it yeah. has energetics of Correct. a flying bullet. Right. This got bullet right. energy. So we have a th- these are thin layers, and they have seven layers on top of each other. 
so that you can withstand some type of impact is the idea. And the final layer is the pressure layer. Okay. But your gloves are the final interior part. layer. The yeah, the final uh-huh. inside against you is a is a pressure bl- it's a bladder. And once that's penetrated, that's when you get a leak. But you can withstand a pressure leak. Yeah. A pressure leak. And that's when your oxygen is going to go out and pressure goes away and that's bad. When we come back more questions on the movie Gravity with in-house astronaut Mike Massimino. We're back. Star Talk Radio, Cosmic Queries Edition, all about the movie Gravity. Yeah. Chuck, uh, you got through half the person's question. Yeah, ha- we got through half of it, but here was the second half, which was uh, how do you proceed, or how did they uh, proceed to access other spacecraft, which should be internally sealed? So how do you yeah. get in from the outside yeah, when they it's just, supposed they just, to be locked? They just turn knobs and open yeah, the door. Yeah, no, yeah. See, the, the issue there is that the doors we have open to the inside, right? So that when you have pressure inside, of the, it's like an airplane. Right, the right. doors open on the inside, so the pressure kind of keeps it locked. Right. Because you so, have more pressure on the inside than the zero pressure outside. Correct, of, right? Obviously. So it keeps it it keeps it solid. You can open an airlock door from the outside if there's no pressure on the inside of that airlock. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So, but if then it would a, just that's, swing that's, that's freely. right. But if it's a pressurized volume, where if you can go in there without and be able to take your space it off and live. That ain't gonna work. So, 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 so we can quantify this, right? Yeah. So you're not, you're probably not pressurized to to sea level. What do you pressure? That's 50, 15 pounds per square inch. Right. What do you pressurize to? Inside your spacesuit? No, 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 no. In an arrow. No, in the air. Okay, so uh, it it all depends. But uh, like on the shuttle, we did our spacewalks. We were a little bit less at ten point two. So there it is. So he's got ten pounds per square inch, and if your door is. You know, 30 inches by 60 Big. inches. You got to get a space suit in and out of it. Yeah. Right, right. Th- let's say 30 inches yeah. by 60 inches. So that's how, that's uh, sort of 20, that's 2,000 uh, square inches. Is that right? Times it's, 10 pounds per square inch. That's 20,000 pounds of force. And it's of probably pressure. more. And the space station's even more because they're at 14.7. They're one at atmosphere. They are at one atmosphere. Yeah. So, so you're even more. So on in the other words, station. the door in every square inch has this, pre- this air the pressure press. pressing down on it. Right. right. In, fi- in fact, that's why. And it's pressing on it from the inside correct. Out. out. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. Sealing it. Sealing the it. door against right. in the hole. So the answer here is that's. Bogus. bogus. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Here is what I'm getting from your answer. Yeah, it's like knock on the door, open wide. <laughs> exactly. you know, and but they did show that presumably there was pressure on the inside, and the door popped open. Right. Yeah, it, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Also, just just I got to throw in some physics go here. Ahead, if I may. Go ahead. Go ahead. What we just described is why suction cups work, and it got Jack to do with suction. If you press a suction cup down, expelling the air, right? There's now there's nothing to balance the air pressure around it. The atmosphere is sitting on top of the rubber suction cup mm-hmm. at 14.7 mm-hmm. pounds, round it to 15 pounds per square inch. If your suction cup is 10 square inches, right. it's 150 pounds of of pulling up force it will require to lift the suction cup. You say it was sucking hard. No, no. the atmosphere is pushing, pushing down, down. On, that, on that sucker. So it's all pushing down, no sucking up. No sucking up. <laughs> <laughs> And we're all under pressure. And we're all right under now, pressure. Chuck. We're all under pressure. Wisdom. From no Star wonder Talk I feel like this. It's not, it's not the question. Just the pressure. And, and also, that pressure operates in every direction. So that's why a suction cup will work on the ceiling. Ceiling. Okay. Yeah. Air pressure goes in all directions awesome. when you're at the base of the atmosphere, as we are. Okay. What else you got? Another all right. Question. Here we go. Go. Let's move on. This is uh, Jim Lulo, and uh, Jim wants to know. I'm fascinated by his question. When the fire in the ISS was starting, it was in small fireballs that were floating. 
If heat rises, how does fire act in zero gravity? Ooh, go for it, Mike. Ooh. All right. So uh, I, I, I saw this and I was wondering about this. We don't really know. We, you know, we really don't know exactly how that would happen because we don't. We haven't had a real fire where we would. We, but, but but if you think about it, gravity does help fire rage. You know, if we have an open flame on Earth and it's going to spread, it needs fuel. Most of the stuff that we have in space is fireproof. That was one thing. On was, purpose. On purpose, so mm-hmm. it doesn't burn. Just about everything we have up there is fireproof. The other thing is with the absence of gravity, I, you know, I've talked about this with my friends, you know, what would it be like? I, a small localized fire. We do have fire extinguishers. There's two types, on the Russian segment and on the U.S. segment, uh, two different kinds. But it's mainly for like electrical fires. Well, who, who's is better, ours or theirs? Uh, they're just different <laughs> because it's like different, like different electrical components. We expect more of an electrical fire, right? And it might be a, an open flame kind of localized where you would you would have to use an extinguisher on it. But this raging fire, because there's a lack of fuel and the, the gravity, the convection that you would get from gravity to move the, to feed the fire is not there. I always thought that we would never get a big raging fire. It would just extingu- extinguish itself. It would extinguish itself, right, if right. you did nothing. I mean, the idea is if you do nothing, it should go out. Because a candle on Earth, the heat rises, oxygen comes in to replace mm-hmm. the used oxygen in the flame itself. So it's a continuous flow of, of oxygen. And it's fuel. gravity that, f- that feeds it. And, and gravity, the convection of the lighter yeah. gas and right. the heavier gas comes in. Blow. In space, a candle will extinguish itself. If you do nothing. Because there's no fresh oxygen to, to even in, know, to replace, to, to go, to know where to go. To even know where right. to, to, it, to it, get it, in there. It doesn't know how so to get in there. you would think that a raging fire is impossible, but no one really wants to try. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, hey, would that really happen? I don't think so, but I don't want to take the chance. But, so uh, Don't play with matches. So the answer is uh, fires in space are like our debt ceiling here on Earth. <laughs> right? Nobody wants to know what kind of disaster will ensue. There you go. Stay away from it. When we come back, more Star Talk Radio Cosmic Queries edition on the film Gravity. This is Star Talk. Welcome back into the final segment of Cosmic Queries, all about the movie Gravity. We are in the lightning round. Yeah, Chuck, you know what that means. That's right. I've got Astro Mike with me, Astronaut Mike, and we're going to answer questions as quickly as we can, get as many of the questions as possible. Yes, we are. So. All right, and we'll test the bell. We are good. There you go. Go for it. Here we go. Here's the first question from Timothy uh, uh, Tazika. Are all astronauts really that good looking? No, better. <laughs> okay, next. Is that good? Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's why we're doing a radio show. <laughs> we all have faces made for radio. Okay. Next. All right, here good. we go. All right. Uh, this one from uh, George Asuna. Uh, oh, 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 wait, I got to add there real quick. Because I've, I've been talking to movie people lately, mm-hmm. and everyone is convinced they completely retouched Sandra Bullock's legs in all those leg oh. scenes. Yeah. There's no blemishes. There was no varicose veins. She's 49. There's nothing. It was like it was like Barbie legs all the way. Mm-hmm. They were trying to they were trying to match real astronauts. That's what. <laughs> okay. As long as we're on radio, I'm very comfortable saying it. <laughs> Don't anyone ever watch this? Right. <laughs> Chuck, go. All right, from Jorge Osuna. Um, are they allowed to stay outside until they reach the last 10% of oxygen? The, 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 speaking of astronauts. Mike. 
No, you, you want to. It's based on time, and you wouldn't want to go with less like an hour left, based on your how you use. Okay, an hour of reserves. An go. hour of reserves. That's the answer. Okay, this one from Dario Horvatinovic. Okay. Cool. Okay, um, if there was really a fat astronaut, how much would their gravity affect the Earth? <laughs> 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 Wait, wait, quickly, Mike. Luckily, it, not, luckily not at all. Right, yeah, not because it would, wouldn't affect any more than they were it would while they're on Earth. <laughs> but I can tell you, uh, Mike, what's it cost per pound to put something in orbit? It's like ten thousand. A lot of money. It's ten thousand dollars per pound to yes. put something in orbit. Right. So for every pound of excess fat, right, the taxpayer is paying ten thousand dollars. Right. Plus, being a larger astronaut, it requires more food to feed us and larger clothes. Larger clothes. I had to use half of Megan MacArthur's clothing locker for my clothes. You're you, you're six so, three. I'm six. Three. How much you weigh? About 200. You got it. Next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if lost in space. You weigh more than 200, Mike. You're I lying. do. It's, but it's, it's a, it's you are so lying. It's but a slimming effect of radio. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm 240, and we're like, we're, we're, we got similar yeah, growth here. Yeah. All right, go. All right. Go. If... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lightning round. I wanted to be quick. I feel like I'm sitting here. With, easier than I feel like I'm sitting here with two models, not yeah. <laughs> not two scientists. All right, here we go. Go. Um, if lost in space, is there a mythical suicide pill? Ooh, no, never. No, we ain't doing any of that. No. <laughs> no. Wait, 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 wait. The real question is, if there were one, would, would you, you take? And that was about no, no. to. Would you use? No, no, no. If there were one, are you allowed to say you have one? If there were one, they didn't tell me. Okay. See, that's, I don't know. So that's, that's, he has to say that. All right. Yeah, so yeah. now, wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> Chuck, you, you know, you, no, you know no, he's no, got he, one. You know he, he does. Can, he can't. He can't. All right. So let's it. put it to you this way. What? Yeah. Okay. Would you rather drift into space uh, wantonly until you die or take a suicide pill? I'd want to get every second out of it as I could. Exactly. I would not. <laughs> Me too. I ain't ended it any sooner than, than I have to. All right. All right. Yeah. Next. Go. Good Take your chances. All right. Quick. Okay. This is pretty much for both of you, but would it be possible to launch a satellite capable of changing orbital altitudes and not be in geosync orbit? Is, is that possible? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of falling around the Earth, yeah, like yeah, you, no, if, if you bring fuel- with you while you're in orbit, you can change orbit. You can change angle, height, altitude, and you can even re-enter. Right? You fire your rockets the other way. You you, you drop down and you enter the atmosphere and pl plunk into the Pacific or wherever you might happen to land. Oh yeah, but you need fuel to do it. Otherwise, okay. you're not. Okay, go. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right, Chuck, we're faster than you here. Can an astronaut? I know because my questions are all over the place. Don't even. Here we go. He's he's enthralled with the answers. I am too. He's not worried about the next question. I do. I do get excited. Here we go. What it is? Can an astronaut overcome? Okay, acidosis, as Sandra Bullock did. I don't know what acidosis is. What is acidosis? Does anyone know what acidosis is? Is that like what we call Ajita? We plead ignorance. That's a fancy word for gas. <laughs> if Neil doesn't know the word, you don't have to answer. The if Neil doesn't know the word, I'm pretty sure you made it up. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. All yeah. right, here we go. Um, do astronauts get trained in breathing techniques, and is that important? Oh, so if the, you know the oxygen is going low, yeah. can you change your breathing habits to prolong it? You always want to be breathing as lightly as possible. 
Heavy breathing, a full breath is overrated. But you're not necessarily trained to do that, except you realize it's, a, it's not a good thing to do. But if you take a full breath, you are exhaling oxygen, aren't you? You're ex- yeah, the, you, what you're doing is two things. You're taking up more oxygen, oxygen, but you're also getting out more CO2. More CO2. Which okay. is going to use up your filter, which is a lot of times oh, that's... You, your filter can... Your you can get more scrubbing oxygen. filter. You exactly. Yeah, okay. You can't replace the scrubber. You can get more oxygen. So... Chuck, real fast. Here we got like 10 seconds. On Earth, here. we yeah. can only look at the sun for, this is from Meyer Garcia. On Earth, we can only look at the sun for a couple of moments before it hurts. What is it like for someone in an EVA suit drifting in orbit? How long can you, they stand looking at the sun? You have visors. Use you your have, visor. You have, a, you have a visor to put down because the sun is the brightest thing you can imagine when you're out on a spacewalk. You use your visor. Mm-hmm. So yep. who's behind those Foster Grants? <laughs> Astro Mike. Astro Mike. This has been Star Talk Radio, Cosmic Queries edition, all about the movie Gravity. Thanks, Chuck Nice. Pleasure. And we'll find you on on Twitter. And Astro Mike, always great to have you Uh, on the show. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, You're a personal astrophysicist. That's all the time we've got. Chuck, Mike, thanks for being on Star Talk Radio. We've been brought to you in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. As always, I bid you to keep looking up.